Great. Well, we're going to start today. I'm just going to do my little talky bit to begin with. Because for this, this week, it's been pretty profound. I mean, it's a unique moment in my life, in, in our life, in the life of this country. You know, our longest-serving monarch has passed away after 70 years of remarkable service. A moment that has plunged this country, um, so many, both personally, nationally, and internationally, into a period of mourning. As the hours slipped by after the announcement of the Queen's death, I don't know whether for you, but, but for Nicola and I, it became increasingly moving. Uh, and increasingly profound, um, to be honest. As the crowds gathered, as TV programs were cancelled, um, as football matches were cancelled, and then Parliament kind of gathered, not to argue or to debate, but for hour after hour to pay their respects to the Queen, a faithful lady who had sought to serve under the authority of Jesus. You know, as the Prime Minister, opposition leaders, and long-serving MPs spoke with such kindness, respect, and honour, the weight of this moment again increased. The magnitude of the change in what was already and is quite an unsettling world um, just increased. Keir Starmer put it this way, the loss of the Queen robs this country of its stillest point, its greatest comfort, at precisely a time when we need those things the most. At this moment of uncertainty where our country feels caught between a past we cannot relive and a future yet to be revealed. You know, I'm sure we can all resonate with what he was saying, what he was trying to portray. Never in history have we seen both the Prime Minister and the monarch change within 72 hours. And with a backdrop of such challenge and uncertainty. You know, we could all be excused for feeling that we have been robbed of yet another constant in our life and in our country. However, as we reflect on the Queen's life, it is clear to me that the answer to the uncertainty we face in this moment in history, it can be found in the life of the Queen, however, not in the Queen herself, but in the truth she often referred to at Christmas and at key moments, the truth that she was but a servant, yes, a very visible and revered servant, but a servant nonetheless. The lesson we need to learn from the Queen is not what it means to reign, but what it means to worship. Not what it looks like to be a human monarch, but rather what it looks like to serve the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You see, what the Queen knew deep in her soul is that she was no different. She was a mere creation, given a position of responsibility by God, and this was reflected in her first ever Christmas message in 1952, where she called on all people to pray for me, that God may give me wisdom and strength to carry out the solemn promises I shall be making, and that I may faithfully serve him and you all the days of my life. Freya, um, when we were chatting just before the service, um, she shared something, and I'm gonna try and find it. She, I took a picture of it on my phone of something the Queen said. She said, one of, this is a story that um, 
that one of the chaplains of Her Late Majesty Queen Victoria had been preaching on the second coming. So this is, this is Queen Victoria. She's giving me tough info. Um, but let's listen to this, because this, I think, tells us something of the attitude. Had been preaching on the second coming of the Lord, and afterwards, in conversation with the preacher, the queen exclaimed, Oh, how I wish the Lord would come back in my lifetime. Why, asked the chaplain, does your majesty feel the very earnest desire? The queen replied with quivering lips and a whole countenance lightened up by deep emotion. I should so love to lay my crown at his feet. So that was Queen Victoria. But I think you see in Queen Elizabeth that same desire and attitude. As Nicola and I were reflecting on what had taken place over the last few days, not just nationally, but actually locally in this community with the death of Alan, we felt the wonder of the unity of faith shared by a humble man in, who, lives in, who lived in the northeast of England called Alan Dawson and a humble queen called Elizabeth Windsor. Two servants of the King of Kings, of our Saviour Jesus, whose reward is just the same, eternal life, whose destination is no different, eternity with Jesus, whose call is to sing the same song, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, who was and is and is to come. Um, we must say, Nicola and I had a little smile. Um, and we let our imaginations run wild with us because we saw Alan and the Queen um, sitting next to each other with the angel Gabriel taking them through the induction to heaven manual and then leading them to the multitudes where they were singing the praises of Jesus side by side. The author of the Hebrews wrote this great encouragement. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For with the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. You know, when you look at the lives of Alan and the Queen, you see two races that have been run with perseverance, two faithful followers of Jesus that have sought to fix their eyes on Jesus and recognize him as the pioneer and perfecter of their faith. You know, in a few minutes, we are going to worship and we, and we are going to pray together. But before we do, I want to suggest two lessons we can take from the life of Alan and the Queen and that we should take on board and place into our own lives. Lesson one, we need to make Jesus our focus. Over the last few days, so many things have been said about the Queen herself, about the loss of the Queen and what that means for us all at this time. So many wonderful speeches from across the political spectrum and society. I, I, I quoted Keir Starmer before. It was a great speech. However, there was one part that I would like to challenge. And one part I believe the Queen would also challenge. He said this, the loss of the Queen robs this country of its stillest point, its greatest comfort at precisely a time when we need those things most. 
And of course, we all understand what he's saying. And it's from his own heart, and that's how he feels. And, but she wasn't the stillest point. She wasn't the greatest comfort for this country and for us. See, I believe the Queen would agree that the greatest comfort and our stillest point is Jesus. Is Jesus. You see, the Queen asked us to pray that God would give her wisdom and strength. She knew full well that Jesus is where our eyes should be fixed and where our strength and comfort come from. It was remarkable to see the queen two days before her death, meeting our new prime minister, discharging her duties to her very last days, just as she determined to do before God all those years ago. This is a remarkable thing, one that I believe is only possible because she fixed her eyes on Jesus, on the pioneer and perfecter of her faith. I'm sure, you know, maybe you didn't. I hope you did. It's all the amazing rainbows. And they just kept coming. You know, there was like, oh, there's one over Buckingham Palace. Oh, and there was also one over Windsor Castle. And then I saw a post on Facebook and said there was also one over Balmoral. Now, on the, the day she died, there was rainbows over all of the places in which she had lived. And a rainbow is a symbol of God's promise to humanity. And this, I believe, was a sign to us all that although our monarch, our earthly monarch, has died, although we live in a complex and uncertain world, the King of Kings still lives and reigns over everything. You know, we talk about signs, wonders, and miracles in the vineyard. I don't think I've seen anything quite as incredible as a rainbow appearing as a flag was lowered. Just amazing. I believe this is also a sign to us that we do not need to worry as we have a heavenly Father who loves us, cares for us, and provides for us. And finally, I believe this is God honoring a lady who had worshipped him and served him all the days of her life. And Alan was no different. Worshipping Jesus and serving others right to the very end of his life. As I said last week, as Nicola and I have heard stories of Alan's life, it is inescapable that he was a truly wonderful worshipper of Jesus. You really do only need to look at his family, his children, to see how Alan and Val have lived their lives with their eyes fixed on Jesus. It's both humbling and inspiring. You know, if we're going to take anything from Alan and the Queen's lives, take this lesson. It is much better to live our days, all of our days, with our eyes fixed on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. It is so much better. There is no other option that is better than to live all of our days with our eyes fixed on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. Because he is the source of our comfort and of our strength. You see, human beings will pass. Society will change. 
Challenges and trials will come our way. But Jesus is the unshakable, unchangeable, all-powerful rock on which we must build our life. I believe there may well be two groups of people here and maybe watching online that this lesson, I think, is inevitable to see your life transformed. I mean, this lesson is for all of us. I just want to highlight maybe a couple that this might resonate with. Firstly, there are those of you that have drifted. You maybe have lost focus or even removed your gaze from Jesus. And we all must take heed of lives like this. It is so easy for all of us for our gaze to drift and be fixed on other things. But we need to take heed of lives well lived, of faithful God-centric lives. And we must fix our gaze solely and completely on Jesus. In a world that is uncertain, we must, you must, build your life on the rock, the cornerstone, our saviour and eternal king. And, you know, you might be watching, might be here, there might be some of you that have never invited Jesus into your life. You, you maybe resonate with what Keir Starmer is saying. It may not be the queen, it might be something else or somebody else in your life. But you resonate with that sense of the, where our country feels caught between a past we cannot relive and a future that just seems a bit fuzzy and yet to be revealed. Where maybe you feel caught in the uncertainty, anxiety of the moment in history in which we find ourselves. Well, if that's you, then in a couple of minutes, I'm going to lead us all in a prayer of salvation and submission to the King of Kings, our rock, saviour and friend. And during the morning, we will have an opportunity to take communion. So that's lesson one. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus. Lesson number two. We need to take, we need to take from these lives well lived is that we need to be lifelong servants. Lifelong servants. I heard a story from Alan's family. I did give Jeff a ring and just check he was happy with me talking about this today. Um, and that is in the days before his passing. He was down in Wales with Christian brothers and sisters, fixing stuff and serving. Just amazing. And as I said, we saw the Queen serving two days before her death. They are both remarkable servants. Yes, of people, but more importantly, of Jesus. So let's finish with this lesson. We must run the full race that Jesus has laid before us. We must run the full race that Jesus has laid before us. Every step. Next week, think about every decision. Every crossroads that is before us. We must choose the route that Jesus leads us. And we must run the full race that Jesus has laid before us. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race 
marked out for us. Jesus said this about his own life in Matthew 20. Just as the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. The pattern for every Christian, everyone who follows Jesus, is to live a life of service. To imitate the pattern of Jesus and the great cloud of witnesses. You hear people say that there is no retirement in the kingdom of God. This is true. We are to serve God and serve people all the days of our life. As our strength allows. You know, there is a difference between religion and relationship. Our faith goes beyond the normal, beyond the traditions, and it invades every part of our life. This is again Jesus in Matthew 16. Then Jesus said to his disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life will find it. True life is found in following Jesus. And to follow is to lay down our life. To become a servant of both God and people throughout the days we are given this side of heaven. You know, it dawned on me when I was writing this talk that we are given our days. We are given them by God. Every day is a gift. And we need to leave them, live them for his glory. They're not here, unfortunately. But I want to honor Colin and Val. So most of you will know Colin and Val. Um, well, last week, on Monday, Val was in the kitchen chopping up bits and bobs for the kids at Noah's Ark, making the teas and coffees, just serving her heart out. And Colin had his little tool bag, and he'd, he'd wandered in to church, and he was attempting to fix the, 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 the hand dryer in the accessible toilet. And I just thought, wow. You know, in the world's eyes, these guys are retired. But in their own minds and hearts, they're servants of the King of Kings all the days of their life. It is the lives of people like Colin and Val, Alan and Val, the Queen, and I could list a whole load of other people who live like this that we need to emulate in our own lives. Because, you see, it doesn't really matter if you wore a man-made crown or not. What matters is that we live a life of service worthy of the crown we will all be given by Jesus. Maybe you have fallen out of the habit of serving. And maybe you've fallen out of the habit of coming along to church on a Sunday or at other gathered environments. It, it, it's been a disorientating time. You know, let's be full of grace. This last couple of years, two and a half years, has been disorientating. But I think it's moments like this that give us an opportunity to reorientate our lives. And so my invitation is to be part of community, but also to learn to serve each other.
and to serve our world. Two people, Alan and the Queen. Very different walks of life. And I could imagine Alan kind of laughing at the very thought of his name being put next to the Queen in a talk such as this. Two very different walks of life. Two very different races that have been run. But the same rewards. The same rewards. The same eternity with Jesus. Because their gaze was fixed on him. And all their days were lived out as servants of the king of kings.